This is Loose Leaf, a multi-author podcast journal where we talk about goals, the ups and downs of writing, and where we try to warn you off of our greatest pitfalls. And now for a few announcements. We want to apologize for our botched Facebook Live last Saturday. We attempted to do our music challenge for February on Facebook, and I experienced a couple of technical difficulties, some which might have been due to the fact I rolled out of bed and tried to do it first thing. But we will try again in March, and next time we will use Zoom, which I am familiar with. So watch our Facebook page for links to that for the day and time as soon as we get it scheduled. You can find us at facebook.com backslash loose leaf podcast. From there, you can also find our private group, the Leaf Pile Writer Support. We have lesson units, I think they're called guides now, on various writing topics. And we would love for you to come and ask your questions and let us help you find some answers. If nothing else, we would love to be your cheerleaders and support you along your own writing journey. This week, we also announced the winners for our February giveaway. Naomi and Crystal have been contacted as the winners of two print copies of Hooked by Les Edgerton. We recorded this podcast Saturday, like I said, in lieu of our live event. And what you won't hear on the podcast is we listened to the selected piece of music together and then we listened to it the second time and wrote together as well. This podcast will jump in right after we finish that with our discussion and the reading of what we came up with when listening to the music. The music selection for February was Beethoven's Romance Number no. 2 as performed by Renaud Capicon. I'm not sure if I said that right. However, You can find that particular piece of music in our playlist on our YouTube channel. Simply go and search for Loose Leaf Author Podcast and then click on Playlists. Okay, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to the Loose Leaf Author Podcast. I'm Cale Von Bosi. I'm Hilary Sperry. And I'm Charity Bradford. Today, we are going to be going over the Friday... Or, uh, the February um, Music Writing Challenge. Um, Hillary, do you want to tell us about what our uh, song sure. was? Yeah, I picked it. Um, this was my month. I was all excited. Um, and it's not the end of February. We really were on top of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just getting it. ready. This is but... the, we're just ready for 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 marches. So that's right. No, so this one, um, basically it's February. So, I mean, it's the month of romance and I was just looking at music. I wanted something long, <laughs> I wanted something classical and I wanted something that reflected romance. And I found this one and I, well, I found a bunch of them, honestly. And um, just going through them, I really liked this one. It was really pretty. I love violins, violins are kind of my thing. And um, so it was really fun to hear this in multiple versions. The version I chose uh, had a full orchestra with it and I just really enjoyed it. I was excited to see what we could do with it. Um, one of the things that I thought was going to be tricky was it kind of has a cycle to the song. You know, it comes through and repeats the same uh, feeling. I don't know what the correct classical music terms are, but um, themes. Thank you. Yeah. So it, it repeats those themes a couple of times, I think three times actually in the song, if I, according to what I hear. And 
I thought that was going to be interesting, a little bit tricky to use. Uh, but as I also knew that as I'm as I'm writing to these, I don't necessarily stick exactly with it as it goes. A lot of the time, I'll be listening and like as the the feeling of the music changes, I'll start writing different a little bit. But mostly, it's I get like two hundred words, two hundred and fifty if I'm really fast. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so it's it's just a little bit you kind of just have to go with what you're doing anyway and just let that music feed it so that's our song it's romance number two by Beethoven and we're we had a fun time this morning writing to that I, I had to write an intro for this song this month for the classical music so uh, I'll give a little historical background I'm excited <laughs> I love that that happened <laughs> So the musical moniker known as a romance began in 14th century France and Spain as a lengthy lyric poem about a historical event or subject. The nature of the form changed as it moved across Europe such that in the 18th century, Austria and Germany, the term romance was used for a short instrumental piece. Over the span of five years, Beethoven experimented with the concept and wrote two, two romances for violin and orchestra, one in G major, and this one in F major. The first was the uh, second was written first in 1798. Then in 1803, he wrote and published Romance Number no. One. Looking back through his notes, a few years later, published the second romance. So, oh, I I wondered why that was the case because I I had seen that that number two was published first, or I, I read about it somewhere, and I was curious why he would do number two and then later come back with number one so it was it was actually from his notes I was um, like, maybe he was it, just like prepping for it and this was the prequel <laughs> so so uh people people talk about that the uh the movement since they are since the romance one and two are so similar like they're both violin and orchestra um they think that it was originally the second movement of a concerto of a different concerto that he was writing um, and he decided to scrap it and go with a different set of material and then came back later and was like, I can, I can make this work and, you know, edited it and released it as the uh, chronological number one becomes piece number two because it was published afterward. So that's cool yeah. though. That's cool. It's like, like authors who write a series and then go, Hey, I need a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Here's my material. Very <laughs> Here's all the stuff yeah. I cut from the series, but I want to keep it. That's right. Let's yes. make a new one. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Not that that's like important information for any of you to know, but it's cool. <laughs> it's information we have, so I think it's awesome. <laughs> so you're gonna get it. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the uh, thanks for the copy reading practice, everybody. <laughs> it was good. Well, I think I it was like really it. cool this time that we did it together. Like in the past, we've done these, we've done it on our own, emailed them to each other, and then, you know, got on for the podcast. But before we started recording, we actually listened to it together and then we wrote together. And I really enjoyed that. I thought that was kind of a nice little jump into the weekend here and, and write together. But I know, Kale, you kept saying mine went like a totally different direction than maybe what you're thinking. So did you want to start and... I will happily, happily read first. Um, okay, I don't have a title for this. I normally think of the title afterward. And since we're just writing like, like this today, 
And I apologize if you can hear kiddos in the background. I love oh. hearing your kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> hey, ours are all rough too. I got, got nerves. <laughs> I got nerves going. This is weird. No, it's definitely different than usual. Yeah, because you feel yeah. like it's more live. Like, okay, this is this is happening as <laughs> as we do. Well, it. and I do usually go back and like just touch things, you know, a little bit. You know, oh, I used this yeah, one like yeah. five times in that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, here it goes. Here it goes. Stella walked across the hall, balancing three piping hot plates on her padded left arm. The elderly gentleman at the table she approached subdued their conversation and politely grinned at each, at her. <laughs> she placed a dish down for each of them. They nodded courteously, but offered no words of thanks. Enjoy your dinner, sirs, she bowed, and turned and walked away. The calm link in her ear buzz, uh, began to buzz with Michael's voice. We can't even get an audio confirmed that it's them. They're being too safe. I've never known a hive to be so prepared for our techniques. Stella kept walking, not acknowledging Michael's commentary. She hadn't been discovered yet, and that was good. He was right, though. Of all the hives she had uncovered, none had ever anticipated their methods so precisely. Was she losing her touch? Was she becoming too well known? Did they recognize her? No. She'd never worn this disguise before. The prosthetics were undetectable even by the high fidelity face scanner in Michael's bunker. To tell by the naked eye would be preposterous. Something else had set them off. But what? Stella stood with her back to the noisy kitchen when the clanging of pots and pans, boiling soups and sauces, and an unexpected whoosh of a cane rushed into her senses. She dropped low to the ground in a squat and kicked back, but the man leapt to the side just out of reach of her kick. His cane still struck the wall, uh, struck the wall of the steel freezer next to them. Finally, showing their true colors. Now it was go time. The old man raised his cane to a lunge position and reared back, preparing to strike. Stella thrust one hand onto the ground and one into her pocket. Her left hand turned to shadow as it hit the ground and started. Um, there's a better adjective to put there but there is none right now um it's in my head but i can't okay just read it <laughs> her left hand hit the her left hand turned to shadow as it hit the ground and started toward the old man's feet he reeled backward frustrating the form of his prepared lunge his eyes opened wide and his feet turned to a vapor that split into different directions and could be heard buzzing softly under the noise of the rest of the kitchen stella looked closer and saw the small flies quickly reform under reformed feet under the form of the rest of the man. Her hand retreated and she pulled the ion taser from her pocket. She pointed and shot. Dang. <laughs> that is so awesome. That is very cool. I have you no idea right what now. that is. <laughs> Say what? I said, you win. That's so cool. <laughs> I love this idea. <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but that's what I thought of while I was. <laughs> that is so cool. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> so you could probably tell us what it was in the music that sent you down that that path, because that's really, uh, like you said, that's really different. I love it. <laughs> so when I when I listened to it initially, when um, when Hillary sent it before I realized I had to write it. I got one lesson in and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to, 
I'm going to write this either tomorrow or in the next couple of days. And then later that day, I found out that I had to write it. And so I was like listening to it like a hundred times. Um, but the image that I got in my head was of like, uh, I don't know, not Ratatouille, but if you just think of that kind of setting, like a really fine dining establishment. And then I was like, okay, so the waiter or waitress. And that's pretty much all I had. I was like, something is going on with the waiter or waitress and they are gonna do something. Something unexpected is going to happen. And so that's what I, that's all the notes that I had. That's all the thought that I really gave to it. That's so, so I love it. <laughs> I actually feel like sometimes I do better when I don't give it a lot of thought. Like uh, when I make a lot of notes, like I've listened to this one a few times because I kept thinking, well, one, I had to find it. And then I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to do this now. And so I'd listen to it and then I wouldn't have time because I'd get, I'd start listening to all the other classical music songs. Um, <laughs> so it never did work out. But then because of that, I have a lot of notes. And honestly, I've gone through like four different stories in the process of trying of what I was thinking because I'd forget what I was thinking before. But um, I like when I, like this time I just have a lot more notes because I was thinking about it more. And um, it, in previous versions, it's like, I'll just be like, oh, here's the swell. This is where the hard part of the story is. Oh, here's this, you know, you just kind of go with it. And then when it's time to write, you just write. And it's, it's kind of fun. That turned out really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, hear, well, let's yours. hear yours. Yeah. All right. All right. Background before or after. <laughs> Whatever you feel comfortable with. <laughs> we'll just start with the story. That feels okay. like the right thing to do. Yes. Okay. Ken swept the floor around the spindle, careful not to lose any of the golden strands that lay on the floor around the instrument. Clara lay on the bed in the corner, her features relaxed in sleep. She was so beautiful. When he, when he cleaned around her, he would have to be careful that he didn't try to carry her golden strands away with the, the king's gold. Wow, that's a lot of gold, like I said. <laughs> um, it was several hours before she woke. The gold was piled and the spindle tucked carefully in the corner. Clara, how are you, how are you feeling? I'm fine, tired. She smiled, her fingers sparked. Her fingers sparked as she examined the spindle. It happened every time. Her magic seemed to wake at the sight of it. Ken wanted to reach out and calm the magic. It looked painful. He didn't know how she would ever continue this way. He stood coming closer, just wanting to touch her, to be near. Of course, she'd never approve. The door of the tower room creaked and Ken cast himself behind it. With no magic of his own, all he could do was watch and try not to be noticed as the king entered. He carried a robe, crested in jewels and fine golden threads, likely the very ones she'd woven across the neckline and shoulders. Clara gasped and ran to him, embracing him, as she would never do for Ken. The king kissed her lightly and draped the robe around her shoulders. When she wore the beautiful drape, <laughs> it looked as if a canister of treasure had been spilled across her. She was stunning. Of course, Ken knew how beautiful she was, even without the finery and jewels. He watched from behind his wooden shield as the king turned her around and then stopped to inspect his treasure. You've done another fine job. I would choose you for my queen if you can provide this wealth for my kingdom. Ken seethed. I like it better with no notes, but <laughs> that's the extension time from that. Um, I think the reason I like it better with no notes is because it really can be a complete story. Whereas now it's like, I have this entire story plotted. <laughs> <on my notes. laughs> 
That's awesome. No, so basically the I what I was headed towards, I'm waffling a little bit, but I want to do a Rumble Stiltskin retelling where she's in love with Rumble Stiltskin. Um and she's doing this the whole storyline, I don't know, but like I could see like the whole firstborn child thing is taken away and I don't know if Rumble Stiltskin is he's the king and he's trying to help her in this version Rumpelstiltskin is like a a um he's just like a servant and sounds like he's okay. a guard no he's a, well okay he really he's a servant and okay. where I was going with it was she's kind of a witch queen person whatever girl and he, she's been in prison so she's making the gold and um Ken Rumpelstiltskin is the servant and he's cleaning up after everyone she doesn't actually know him she doesn't he has fallen in love with her but um basically this is just the beginning of the story almost like the prequel as it were that's awesome <laughs> because eventually she that's is cool. she's in love with the king she's doing this so she can be a queen she really wants power more than anything and as most witches seem to do and um so she's not she's going to stay with the king the but yeah but Ken is in love with her and so when she has a kid, the whole idea is he kind of takes the kid, but he's raising this child because she's not being a good mother and she's taking care of him. She ends up cursing Ken. So he stays, you know, she's like, you're, you can't be in love with me. You're going to stay like this forever. And um, so then he raises the daughter, but then is able to fall in love with the daughter. And that's where the actual Rebel Stiltskin story comes in, I think. Wow. That is like hmm. fascinating. I just Isn't that bizarre? And I'm like, this could be works. really fun if I could get into it and like really yeah. do this. Yes. And like totally That would be flipping. so good. Oh, and I want her to teach Ken, I want her to teach him how to spin gold. That's her whole thing. Like she's like, okay, I have to keep doing this so that it'll work. So I'm going to teach you how to do it so you can make the gold while I go gallivant with the guy I actually like. Yeah. So that's, I love it. You totally have to write it. My notes are better than my story. <laughs> now you have to write it yes i have several uh fairy tale stories i want to write but fairy tale stories are kind of done right now i feel like they still happen we still like them but they're not as popular as they used to be yeah so you write them now so when they come back you're ready because they will come back (laughs) they always true (laughs) we cycle just like the themes of the music yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) absolutely all right, Charity. All right. Well, I didn't have any idea of anything going into this this morning. I actually, I guess that's a lie. I thought I would try to write the song that I need for this other story idea, but that's not what happened. So um, just listening to it, I went down a whole new path. Who knows what this is saying about me, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, and I, I also do not have a title. The wind was gentle at first, causing a little leaf to wiggle and sway on its tenuous hold to the tree. But then the wind was joined by rain, weakening its grip even more. He held on tight, not even talking to his neighbors until the sun returned. That was a rough night, he murmured against the other leaves. Yes, someone replied. Soon we'll let go and start our adventure, another said. Adventure? A new trembling fear rose in his veins. It'll be, the words cut off abruptly as a strong gale ripped through the branches. He tried to keep hold of the branch, but the force of the breeze tore him free, flinging him away from his mother tree. 
He rode the breeze out over a meadow full of drooping and drying flowers, the rain of the night before not quite reviving them. For a moment, he stared up into the blue sky, clouds of white drifting by, then he flipped and spun, the colors of the world flashing and changing to blue in a series of scenes too quick for him to grasp. The wind slowed. He drifted toward the ground where another draft caught him, jerking him in a new direction. Over the riverbank he went. The gurgling brook tumbled over small stones and large, bubbling, talking, laughing at him as he traveled along its course. The water grew louder, more boisterous in its speed. A surge of energy lifted him several feet higher before throwing him out and over the falls. Water dampened his body. Strong winds buffeted him back and forth. He couldn't focus on anything but the spray. And that's as far as I got. So That's cool. I have the notes Very of where he's going next <laughs> on his adventure. <laughs> so that gives me a lot of ideas and like tie-ins to other things. It's Did kind you know? of a fun practice of just being free, you know, just letting your writing do whatever it wants. And um, I don't know, when I when I started listening to the song, that's kind of how it felt. It's like the whole beginning of that piece is so much more emotional than anything else. It doesn't paint as many pictures as some. It's just kind of like this free flowing. It is, it's more emotion than scenes that come to mind. At least mm -hmm. that was for me. And uh, like my idea, I was really hoping I had the whole short story. So I think another 200 words, I should be able to wrap that up. So it'd be almost more, you know, basically he'll end up in a neighborhood, fall to the ground, then he'll get raked up <laughs> into a leaf pile. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the short story for our podcast? Yes. <laughs> That's <it> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about the whole author imposter and the the way our minds. So for me, that was like the way my mind is blown and shifted, and you know, you spin so fast sometimes you can't focus. And yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like the author imposter thing is not where my mind is these days. I've uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm putting so much time into just doing that um it's not i don't i know i'm not like the greatest author out there <laughs> i know i have a long way to go yeah. but, but it doesn't good. feel like that the the imposter syndrome thing right now it's just um it's just plugging along that's where we are really i saw a quote this last week um the i don't remember who it was by i'd have to look it up but it was something along the lines of you know um half of the industry is all luck and half of it is just us authors plugging along so it's just like here we go i'm just plugging along <laughs> maybe someday luck will find me well do we want to set some goals and um i was gonna ask uh if i could take a minute oh, yeah, to yeah. comment to comment <laughs> on the author imposter um i recently finished uh, listening to the first three books of Ursula K. Le Guin's Earthsea series. And have you read those ever? It sounds familiar, but I don't know if I've read them. Maybe. Okay. The first one is really, 
not like anything I usually listen to. Um, I don't want to say that it is not bad writing at all. It's just, it's not the type of like, it's not like reading a movie like so many books are now. And I mean, that's just fantasy has gone that direction so intensely. Like Brandon Sanderson books are reading an emotional pile of, ah, <laughs> it's so heavy. And Ursula K. Le Guin's first book in the Earthsea series is a lot more subdued. It's, it's a tale. It literally feels like uh, the way you would imagine an old bard telling a story. Like, he's not going to break off into all these multiple points of view. It's just what happens to this character. Um, the second book gets into the head of a character who is not the main character from the first book and halfway through introduces the main character from the first book and the adventure proceeds from there. And the third book is from the point of view of another character and his interaction with the main character from the first book. But ultimately all of it is telling the story of his, his name is Sparrowhawk and where the third book ends, everything that happened built up to it and they're short, they're short books, but I found myself just as emotionally invested in the, the story of Sparrowhawk as I did with anybody that I'm reading of Brandon Sanderson, who I've like sunk well over a hundred hours of time just listening to. But, you know, I, I listened to those three books in half the time of the first book of the Stormlight Archive. The, it just, it showed me that simplicity has a place in fantasy. Um, it doesn't have to be all this crazy intense stuff. And so I still think I'm, I, I'm looking for a good middle ground where I can have a more involved story, but that it, it got me writing. Um, it gave me a lot of maybe freedom to do what you want to do. Yeah. I, Cause I, I don't want to say motivation. I feel like the motivation has been there. It's just been hampered so much, but I got writing and I wrote, the most awkward scene I have ever even thought I would write in my life. <laughs> yeah, I started, yeah, we don't have to go into so, it. But. So it sounds like you've put yourself in this box of expectations and reading that series helped you at least open the lid on that box. Yes, it was so good. And it was so many fewer words. You know, I almost cried at the end of the third book. Aww. Like, like the book ended and it was doing like the little kind of postlude to, you know, climax. And then right about here, I was like, this book is almost over. <laughs> oh. And the characters, it's so good. Like, it's it's just so simple and good. I uh. So highly recommend if you have not spent if you have not spent a few hours reading through at least the first three books, 
So what are the uh, books called? They're called Earthsea. So is it Tales from Earthsea or is there a different? Tales from Earthsea is the fifth book. Oh. Um, and it's a series of short stories that expand the world. Uh, that expand all of the different islands of Earthsea and give you perspectives of different characters. Um, but it follows Ged, who is Sparrowhawk. Magic has a power in true names. So if you know the true name of something in the old speech, then you can have power over it. Hmm. I wonder and, if that's uh, where uh, Patrick Rolfus got his idea. The name of the wind. You know, <laughs> they got inspired maybe from the same source material or maybe, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> but these so were a wizard of Earthsea and the tombs of Atuan. Yeah. Yeah. The tombs of Atuan is the second book, which I heard Atuan and I was like, Atua. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, and then there's an island called, there's an island called Hort. H O R T in Earthsea, and that's the name of a god from my D&D campaign. And I was like, I've never read these books before. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> Nothing is original, and that's okay. And that's totally so okay. It's totally okay, so. Well, yeah, so do we wanna talk about goals <laughs> real quick so that we have yeah, something yeah. to report on? So I have goals. I yeah. am, this week, I am going to finish uh, one of my Christmas novellas <laughs> and start plotting or better plotting on my uh, motorcycle romance first one nice nice well my goal is to continue drafting or actually really start drafting i've only written chapter one start drafting uh book two in my wishful hearts collection and uh so my news on that book is, is great. book one is great <laughs> <laughs> well i put them all up i've started the pre-order process so it has to happen this year. It will happen because according to Amazon, they are coming out on certain dates, The you know, starting in July to the end of the year. So points to anyone happen. who knows what those dates are. <laughs> Nobody yet. Well, I haven't, I haven't hit submit yet. So they're still in draft uh, um, because I think I, it gives me wiggle room to change them a little bit until I hit. So I probably won't hit um submit on the first one until the end of march so that gives me a month to see if i can at least knock out one more book because if i have two of them done i know i can do it heck yeah i'm gonna have to talk to you about that process because that would be cool to set up for things yeah okay cal how about you uh well i was able to write uh, in the in the interim between our last uh in-person podcast <laughs> i wrote five episodes of my classical music stuff so getting getting those recorded is a goal for this week um, then i wrote about 600 words in my nanowrimo book for uh, for bruce nice uh, gave him his a little bit of his origin story fleshed out and um, goals for this week are to continue that. I just want to get 500 words. Honestly, if I can get 500 words on one day during the week right now, that's great. I'd be happy yeah. to keep that project slowly yeah. crawling forward. So 
Yeah, because before you know it, it'll be done. You'll be like, oh, how did that happen? 500 yeah. words right? at a time. <laughs> yeah, so. Cool. Any big advice you want to end on that you have to share with our listeners? Just uh, keep writing. Keep writing. Or, or start, start writing. writing. <laughs>